I'm Scott Blakeman getting through this on Manhattan's Upper East Side. And I'm Tom Saunders in New York's Flatiron District. Siskel and Ebert was a long-running syndicated TV talk show in which movie reviewers from two different Chicago newspapers, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, analyzed and argued about films released that week. Well, they were popular and influential until the last broadcast in 1999. Cut to 2023. Although Scotty and I are similar to Siskel and Ebert in that we are adult male humans, <laughs> we never went down the movie reviewer path. And say what you will, I'm glad we live in a country where no one has to, by law, become a movie reviewer. Although reviewing movies must be one of the most sought after of journalistic gigs, it could be the least likely profession for even clever humans to be able to make a fabulous living at. What with the vanishing newspaper business, the decreasing reach of syndicated TV, and the increasing irrelevance of even the aggregate on, of online critics' opinions as proven day after day on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> However, Scotty, Scotty and I have a nagging problem. In our case, we would certainly be an astonishing success. Multimedia movie critics reinventing the media into so much fanfare and hullabaloo, we would probably shame the actual movies we were reviewing. Of course, we would have wound up with our own stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as did Roger Ebert, the first film critic to be so honored. Awkwardly, Gene Siskel never got a star. But that, Scotty, that fact alone shouldn't keep anyone for, from pursuing a career in movie criticism. They should avoid pursuing a career in movie criticism because soon there may be no such thing. But there's another little tiny fact that just might be so relevant and so on point, it'll settle the issue instantly. Scotty and I just both saw the same film. It's a new release, and at the Q&A afterwards, we got an earful from the actual stars and director of said film. So someone please tell us how on earth we could refuse to gift our audience with our own version of an Ebert and Siskel type analysis, minus, of course, the thumbs up slash thumbs down gimmick and any other such cliches, just lots and lots of opinions. And on a personal note, I read an entire book about Leonard Bernstein. So I guess we have a thing or two to say about a film we both just saw at an exclusive screening for actors, a film called Maestro. You know, during the course of our 646 episodes, Tommy and I have opined about virtually every subject known and unknown to man. We've tackled the thorny issue of film Q&As, but until today, until this moment in time, we have never actually reviewed a film. Loyal listeners know we certainly carefully dissected and analyzed the 1950s Mickey Rooney sitcom, Hey Mulligan, the Mickey Rooney program. But film criticism, well, we've left that in the very able hands of Cahiers du Cinema. As you eloquently stated, Tommy, the way we see films as we know it has indeed changed dramatically. And without those thick arts and leisure sections filled with full page ads, even double truck ads promoting the latest films, it's difficult to find out what's even playing at a theater near you. So my main hesitation for not having us become a worldwide sensation as film critics is that I want movie theaters to flourish again, and I don't want us to become so all-powerful, which we'll 
inevitably happen, that people will blame our negative reviews for the demise of the entire film industry. <laughs> and then you and I would miss out on all those free screenings and Q&As. So I'm content to sit on a cushioned seat that hopefully doesn't recl recline too much and continue to serve as the world's greatest audience member. I mean, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at, to use that weird expression. Uh, being the world's greatest audience member, in a way, is um, it, it, it will make you uh, ingratiate you more to Hollywood's nobility than being a oh, critic. Certainly. Who, uh, uh, of course, you would have to say what uh, uh, you, you enrage many of the actors, and and I certainly would have if I had if we had done a criticism of the film Maestro. I had some issues with it that I don't think uh, the members of the audience uh, had. Uh, because it was a generally highly appreciative audience. Oh yes, yes, and uh, and your review, as we, as you told to me personally with uh, girlfriend Ginger at, at a fine dinner afterwards. Yeah, um, and not you, a, enjoy, yeah. you enjoyed the film, but the, the fact you are, which I did not know before yesterday, uh, quite a scholar of Leonard Bernstein, and and the film did not even come close to detailing the many, many, many things. In fact, no film could, uh, as you said, perhaps merited a uh, eight episode episodic treatment. Yes, I, 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 I think that's true also of the movie Oppenheimer. These are historical biopics of careers and people and the, the times that surrounded them that are much too big for a two hour movie. And yeah. so uh, uh, without going into the detail that we went into on that discussion, I will just say that there are a lot of characters in Bernstein's life that nobody will recognize, nobody will understand how they how they uh, uh, related to Leonard Bernstein. But I did, frustratingly, because yeah. I, as you say, am a Bernstein scholar. Now, now yeah. <laughs> let me just hasten that I did not, I, I don't have credentials from you know, Columbia University or, or some such elite school. I was home graduate school. Yes. As, as yeah. <laughs> listeners of our, of our uh, podcast may recall, I, I received my master's and my PhD entirely uh, at home uh, on my own time working at night because of course I had a day job. Yeah, and, yes, and you and you, nobody told you what to do. This wasn't, you no. just did it on your own. You pulled yourself up by yeah. the bootstraps, yeah. which uh, you, you had to even acquire bootstraps just to no. pull yourself up by them. I really did not. I, I, I had to struggle just to afford one bootstrap yeah. to pull myself up. I, I, I dreamed of having two bootstraps. Oh my gosh. You know, well, and, and you did. And, and now obviously, and I think that there would have been a marvelous encounter with you and, yep. and director Bradley Cooper. By the way, you agreed excellent acting and a fine film uh, if one didn't know about all the things that were not in it, but very yeah. you know, powerful film. Uh, but he could have sat with you and said, uh, Tommy, I think he'd be up going, let's let's go out and tell me about that book because he hadn't read it, perhaps. Oh, Maybe he did. Can you but, imagine? Yeah, he might have just uh, uh, not even known that there was such a, a, a large book by, by uh, the, the uh, um, Humphreys is the author. And it's close to a thousand pages. It's a huge tome. Wow. And it and Bernstein's life and career and his love life deserve all of that. But this this movie focused really on his his marriage and his love life. It was, yeah. if anything, it was her story. It was, uh, most, and then yes, uh, and, the, the wife story, the, the uh, Bernstein's beautiful, lovely uh, uh, wife, who honestly does deserve um, oh, a, yes. a portion of the story. But I think yes, eight to ten 
hour-long episodes, maybe with a two-hour finale uh, on Netflix, just, you know, uh, to tell a story that big as Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, but it is interesting, Tommy, and, and, and you, you, you would tell it beautifully, the need for critics is, is sort of an odd thing. As we've told on this program before, I remember the great uh, Clive Barnes, who when he was at the New York Times, his mm. word could close a sinker show or make yeah. it a big hit. And then he moved to the New York Post where no one cared a lick about <laughs> yeah. what he had to say. So it's almost like not even the person, it's who he or she is Represents. writing for or however things are written these days. And it, it is an odd phenomenon. Like, well, what did he say? And it's not they. It's not, I heard that 23 million people really liked the film. Then I might go, oh, maybe I should give it a shot. But he liked Bosley Crowther, raved. Like, yes. This man liked it. So, well, this, I probably will too. Yeah, And I must. And if I don't, there's something wrong with me. Yes. Uh, it, it's uh, Walter Kerr was at the pinnacle of that uh, hugeness. I guess it was the Herald Tribune in those days. And uh, but he, and then he moved to the New York Times. And uh, but he yes, he could sink or 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 uh, and uh, um, and his wife wrote, wrote, please don't eat the daisies, oh. which became this movie and a series, oh. uh, TV series. And and uh, about the, the funny um problems of a wife of a critic and at one point in the theater and this was in that movie this was I so saw telling. that movie yes wasn't it with miss sandy dennis yeah uh, yeah I, I think so but yeah. uh it certainly it should have been yeah and and uh, but at one point the uh, uh uh the character who represents walter kirk she the wife notes that that he's only he's happiest when he's writing a scathing review <laughs> that's when he's most enjo enjoys what he's doing and I think that was probably true of Walter Kerr. I think she was revealing a truth. She thought it was amusing, but it also reveals the ugly underbelly of the criticism uh, of the critic game where where it's a joy, an elitist joy to be able to trash uh, uh, some uh, somebody's effort. You know, somebody. Yeah, and it's, it's an odd thing. Well, then of course, it was John Simon who was so over the top in New York oh. magazine. who was so cruel to women who had one line and he would go on for a paragraph about her looks but it was almost oh, totally cruel I mean, and it was and, and uh, superficial and yeah. in all the while using words that nobody else used you had to constantly keep a dictionary by your side back in the day when there were such things as dictionaries now yeah. you could just simply go but he was always using these obscure words to try to make himself but but all he was doing was as you say crudely trashing the appearance of one of the actresses yeah and he was uh, knowledgeable and, and entertaining but it was a certainly it was more about him than the work he was describing. Then, of course, uh, Mr. Sinatra famously uh, uh, didn't quite go for the. I mean, no, no performer. And look, I've been, I've gotten reviews that were not favorable, and we, we you know, no one likes to see that. But I uh, do. I actually but, do. I, I, I yeah. if I see, a, if I do a terrible performance, and I re, uh, uh, this is, this hasn't happened, but I can say that if I got a a, a terrible review, and the reviewer was justified, I think I would sit there and I would. Is smile bravely. Would I actually do that? I don't know. But I, I just believe, you know, we, we make these generalizations sometimes that nobody likes to read bad reviews. But what about the weirdos who are very perverse? Well, that's true. Well, then they're the ones who don't want to read the good reviews. That to me is perverse. Because yeah. they say, I don't read them all. The good ones, all the bad ones. Well, what, I would read the, the good ones last and night. Save the them. Star said that very thing. She doesn't re re 
she didn't read even the good reviews they make her nervous or whatever oh yeah but. no they you hear that quite a bit and but i i think that's odd to me not only do i read the good reviews but i save 12 copies and now that i'm moving it's i'm hard pressed to reduce that number <laughs> to three uh and then of course um but i did get a, a negative review i've very rarely been reviewed but i was in winnipeg canada oh. doing a week of shows and the very first night a reviewer came and the headline literally was unfunny man takes long time to lay big egg <laughs> oh which uh, and i and i read it at a diner and i think and it was really a big headline and and fit across <laughs> the whole page and it was uh, uh you know and i had six shows left or seven or whatever. <laughs> and uh but it, i managed to pull up my bootstraps yeah and, uh, canadian bootstraps and then yeah. uh that did you know finish the run and it went well but that was it quite went well jarring see that the reviewer that. was wrong you you uh, uh well, yeah, he well, he took offense to me making fun of Reagan at the time and, and whatever else. So, uh, but well, there you the, have it. You know, uh, uh, yeah. you, you, that's your out. You can just say, well, uh, you know, that's the, that's the joy of a political comic, you know, as opposed to a comic. You you can always make the claim, well, the audience uh, was a bunch of Republicans. So how am I ever yeah, going to It is still an odd thing, though, why you need. Uh, you know, I like to know about something. In fact, I don't read reviews. When there's something I want to see, I don't read reviews because I go, that seems like something I would like and go from there. Because as you know, Tommy, reviews now, they're not reviews anymore. They just tell you the entire film. Oh, it's outrageous. And sometimes they say spoiler alert. Well, so what? Why do we ever want to read a review that, that would possibly spoil our our the movie yeah. for us. And why and so, alert? And just why don't do the take spoiler. so long to read these reviews? They're, yeah. they're so wordy and they go on and on. Well, guess what? People don't do it. They just care about what their friends think or what it says yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, what the audience score always yeah. is out of line with the reviewer's score. Yeah. They, but, and it's uh, so it is. So it has, as we say, it's losing uh, uh, that import because you just can't find them the way you used to. And 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 I, again, I don't. I, I get a sense of something, and and um, and yeah, and friends, and and that's how you, with plays too. I mean, there isn't that you know monolithic kind of thing anymore. I don't. No, I can't even. They don't exactly. even have one main uh, the reviewer for the time that there ever was. It speaks to the, the human biological tendency to have dictators, and yeah, you're going to say to follow the king. single word of one person, yeah. you know, uh, uh, leading the entire country. You know, the Putin uh, uh, theory, how we, we always wind up with one man controlling our every move. And that uh, and thank God we have we, we have overthrown the Walter Kurz. They are no longer uh, viewed as important. And actually, probably the last truly powerful reviewer was Roger Ebert, the, where we just started out uh, talking well, about. And very mainstream. The interesting thing was that both he was a film scholar and, and actually wrote a film. Was it Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? And uh, and Ebert actually, Siskel, uh, I had lunch with when I was at Cherub at Northwestern, the Summer Institute. I, I vaguely remember we had lunch and, and he was, you know, very nice. But they actually managed right, to balance Right, when you say very being, nice, that, I mean, that's, yeah. you're, you're teasing us with a generality. Well, I can't um, remember. Uh, he was uh, kind uh, to us and he had, a, I think he had, had some back issues, so. Uh, he was kind of limping a little bit. Story, I remember that. And I think it's brave for you to tell a story like that because most people are expecting, you know, the twist. Like you'd think he'd be a nice guy. It turns out he hates movies. You know, <laughs> like he That's doesn't like the... to even talk about them. Right. No, it's he just was his uh... job. Yeah. That was, I mean, and and I'm saying you could probably say that and people would I, believe you. Well, nobody could really find the. No. You know, 
disputed. But you don't. But, no, he, he was very. Uh, it was. A, I always remember that that in meeting Floyd Calbert, who <laughs> used to do the five minute national newscast at one p.m. or noon from Chicago, and we visited the studio. We saw, and he was very gracious, and and that was the days of the. You know, very sonorous sounding, and, and the great anchor, and, and it was. And he always looked a little sleepy. Uh, uh, Floyd Calvert yeah. was our local, was uh, our NBC Channel Five on, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. NBC, oddly enough, uh, WMQ. That's right. And he was, uh, uh, and, and and this is a, somebody who podcasts all over the world have been ignoring all this time. Oh, I think yeah. we're, we are the only podcast. I think. Um, including, you know, podcasts in Mongolia and so on. Yeah, they, I mean, we could literally, this has happened many times, Tommy. When <laughs> I, I, we, I don't know if we could research it, but many days we talk about things that we can say with quite a, you know assurance. No one else in any podcast, and there are billions of them now, has billions. said the reference we made, the name we gave, the, you know, none. Uh, and that really makes us, well, not me saying it. I'm not giving it a review, but right. the greatest podcast of all time. Of all time. And that's just a fact. That's definition. <laughs> and yeah. it's not even close. The second place is like no. way, way, way down. Oh, yeah. So it's not even. And and it's widening. The lead is widening, especially with that reference to Floyd Calber, which, <laughs> you know, I mean, just puts us on a level, you know, on oh, a different level. It can't be touched. And, and, and analyzing, <laughs> as you said, the say, Hey Mulligan, the Mickey Rooney show, <laughs> uh, I mean, frame by frame and and, and never, even Mickey Rooney scholars don't have an access to that. So we go beyond that. I mean, there's so many symposiums we'd be invited to, right. uh, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, and, and starting and, with you and, with and the Leonard Burns. What other podcast would, in a, in a podcast about a, a, a biopic about Leonard Bernstein, yeah. would find a way to compare and contrast with a TV, a failed and utterly forgotten TV series, Hey, Mulligan, starring... Yeah. Mickey Rooney as somebody yeah. way younger than he is. Well, that was the well. other time we, we did review. Again, we're not doing a review, Meister, but I will say, Tommy, getting back to uh, 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 my role, we haven't brought it up lately, as the world's greatest audience member. And I must add that I did not apply that appellation to myself. No, 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 no. no. You graciously, not... yeah, uh, right. with, with approval of the various you know vetting sources, <laughs> uh, gave that to me. So I accept it proudly and wear it you know, proudly, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and that's, and that's, you know, you have several hats cause you're also the world's greatest pedestrian, which yeah, is, I yeah. mean, that type of thing, that's what, you know, in the biopic of Scott Blakeman, that's going to yeah. be, you know, the Ed Morrow question of the, of this whole show. Well, I'll say, how you do, do what how you, do you do both yeah. things? How do you manage to, to be the world, the, the, you know, America's pedestrian and, uh, you know, the, the, the world's, world's greatest audience, audience member. Well, that actually would be similar to Maestro, where there was actually verbatim from person to person with Ed Murrow interviewing Bernstein and his wife. And uh, uh, the he did say, "How? what are you? Because he's a composer, a conductor. I think he had a very funny response that, well, if I'm a conductor and being compared to Toscanini, I say, well, no, 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 I'm not really. I'm a composer. And, uh, and so... Uh, and but, then you say, uh, well, if you're a composer... I, 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 I compare being compared to Stravinsky. Well, really, I'm more of a conductor. So, uh, ha, so in a way, what you're saying is you're exactly like Leonard Bernstein in this <laughs> specific oh, way. And that yeah, is, just different always, sets, if anybody but... ever compare, the thing is, who would you compare you to as the great pedestrian? Like what pedestrian of the past? You know, like the, uh, the composers of the past, sure. You know, well, Stavinsky certainly. Well, and it does, uh, overlap with the artists, and we've talked at length about the flaneurs, which, by the way, I never heard of that expression until we brought it up and yeah. wrote on this podcast. 
and I've seen it now everywhere. Once everywhere, our influence. Not I don't never see a footnote originally mentioned on getting through this with Tom and Scott, twenty twenty two, and uh, you know this book. But that doesn't it. stop us. That doesn't stop us. No. that doesn't even slow us down. Not at all. No, no. So of course, yes. Could I? Would I love to go back to France and Paris in the eighteen eighties and walk with you know uh, Monet or Degas or whoever? Yeah. Sure, those are the ones that I stand on their shoulders. Yet I don't stand on their shoulders because it's very difficult to yeah. walk with stone right. on your shoulders. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and uh, but I, I, I yeah, I, I also want to just let's not gloss over the fact that yes, as that you've chosen to to be a great great um, audience member who sticks around for the Q and A, yeah. even though you just hate it when the when it opens up to the audience but you do yeah. fulfill your duty to stand up and ask a very flattering pseudo question yes i've done that on occasion uh-huh. or comments with a slight question and i also i almost began well, the standing ovation when the cast you did scotty no i, I was there if, if, if you hadn't stood up i don't know if everybody would have stood up but you did stand up and yeah. people sort of followed your lead at the end <laughs> of this movie about leonard bernstein which i felt was was flawed in in various ways, but but I think most people enjoyed it just as most people enjoyed Oppenheimer. But I thought, and, yeah, and also was to flawed. to reward the cast as they came out who were wonderful and and Bradley Cooper's vision, as they say, and and I've never heard the word seamlessly uttered as many well, times as I did during the Q and A. But but it was, I think uh, you should tell people who yeah. uh, that Laura uh, uh, Laura Dern. Yes, was, well, Laura Dern, we you and I have seen after Marriage Story with uh, yes. Laura Dern and Scarlett Johansson. They were, she was wonderful yes. at it. She's a wonderful actress. She was the moderator. And let's just say she uh, was a praise moderator. She praised and then she said, what do you think of that? So, no, OK, here's just to just to cl- clarify. This is what moderators always do in the Q&A's when they have celebrities. They ask these hyper flattering pseudo questions where yeah. they basically uh, uh, please tell us how you seamlessly made uh, every every second of the movie, every frame work perfectly to produce a, a, the, this dramatic masterpiece. How did you? Uh, 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 what was it difficult to decide to do it that way? You know, so that yeah. in other words, you don't really care if it was difficult to decide to do it that way. But you have to ask. But basically, what you're trying to do is flatter the the person who uh, to whom you're ostensibly asking a question at, and yeah. that's what she did. She was. Absolutely, the flatterer in chief, and and uh, and 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 sometimes, uh, and this actually happens, Scotty. Um, uh, uh, Cooper is that his name? Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Bradley Cooper uh, just simply ignored that. The, she just she asked some sort of obscure f- question involving her his motivation, whatever it was, and he just said yes. But I really want to talk about this other thing. And, yeah, and no, I love that. That was uh, that was good because he went back to his he, and he basically talked about something totally different because the question was such a, it was this baroque, you know, f- you know, just like a, a royal flatterer, you know, waving her hand, you know, bowing uh, uh, obsequiously. Yeah, and no, that's and, all it was. It, it was waving your hand gracefully yeah. and bowing obsequiously. Yeah, and she again is a wonderful actress, but it was this is no, no, no. This doesn't take away yeah. from her. Ability to act, Scotty. And let, let me make that clear. I, yes. I, I, I but as the moderator, uh, we've seen other ones who handle it better and, and you know, elicited more uh, from the cast. But uh, but again, Tommy, the, the, the choice we have that you posited in the beginning, uh, should we become movie viewers and with the subsequent and very quick 
worldwide fame that would entail? I say no, because again, you're going to hurt people's feelings. Even That's right. Do it in a very, you know, kind, thoughtful way. That's not and who we Nobody's are. feelings gets hurt by the world's greatest audience member. Now, exactly. yes, if I walked out on Q, which I would never do. And Tommy, I must say, and I have to bring this up and it pains me too, because yeah. I love my fellow, it was a SAG after screening. And I imagine most of the people there were of there. And usually, I mean, well, they are a wonderful audience. They applaud. They they, 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 they're not, they didn't skew young, I will say. No, it was an older guy, but they, you know, everyone's quiet. They silence the cell phones. They, they sit quietly till the credits are finished. Uh, but right after, right as Laura Dern said, okay, thank you, the Q&A, they got up before the actors had even left the stage. And that uh, is a, such a, uh, if I, I, I wish I could have taken the stage, Tommy, this would have been so dramatic. And I, <laughs> I could run down the aisle, go, wait, wait. And then they look around and the security would lunge at me, but they'd go, oh, that's the world's greatest audience member. <laughs> then I get up there, where are you going? You've just sat for two hours and 10 minutes. He spent six years planning this. <laughs> And where, where's the decency? Good God, let the actors, these marvelous actors, at least leave the stage with their dignity intact. Who are you? Where are you rushing off to at 3.10 p.m. on a Monday? What is so important? What, what is, is so important? important? Do you to get lunch or get, catch the 101 bus? Or whatever? <laughs> so, and that would have been, well, obviously that would have been viral and, and Bradley Cooper yes. would put me in his next picture. And, uh, you know, many things would have come out of it, but I didn't, you know... <laughs> Did not get the well, it may, maybe this next picture would be the biopic about the world's greatest a, uh, audience member. Too. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, then I mean, possibly... there's a lot that that was riding on that, and and, and he might have focused. Though... You may be second guessing for a long time. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It would have led to a biopic about the world's greatest you, the world's greatest audience member. But he may have left out in in your eyes some of the key aspects of my life. He might have just that... focused on <laughs> that I like That's to right. walk a lot, and that that would have been the whole film. <laughs> And like, well, what about uh, yeah, thing? You can't squeeze the life of Scott Blakeman into a two-hour movie. That cannot be done. No, 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 no. And, that's a and, that's and a, I episode. and you say that with modesty, and it's humbling uh, for you. Oh, to yeah, say and that. I'm not saying uh, you know I'm the greatest. <laughs> just that, just my pedestrian uh, pursuit alone is a yeah. film. <laughs> that's the film in itself. And then the audience member. If you're going to try to combine that, you're going to give short shrift to both. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to leave out things, scenes like us being in Jones Beach. Uh, oh. hope you know hope wave withstanding and yeah and, oh, oh, and, and yeah. watching for fos uh, yeah yeah that would be the opening of the film because yeah. if you do a chronological thing but yeah. that would that would not make it so but i would uh, no i would go back to the early this is important scotty because this yeah. this will be an issue that will hit you suddenly and you better be ready for it because you're going to be in that meeting room and they're going to be discussing this biopic uh hopefully it's a bio series we are, we are we're in favor of for the great stories that you know that are bigger than two hours yes give it eight episodes an hour each with a two-hour yeah. you know finale and in your case scotty i would start with the early days when you would ride the cadillac to school but you'd ask your dad <laughs> to park a block away you know this you know your oh, humble yeah. upbringing oh yeah yeah maybe we could do that in black and white yeah That's oh definitely then switch to color, a la Wizard of Oz, and a la Maestro. That that also. You said, you uh, say, Dad, could you stop and 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 uh, uh, and and um, you know stop and 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 just you know park the car a block away, and you know people are and you see your your humble upbringing. You know how you you had to. Well, humble is sort of a a, a, a peculiar word in this case, but you had to hide your affluence of your dentist father. 
Yeah, um, we had we had a middle class, but but again, Cadillacs cost five thousand dollars in those days. But yeah, uh, well, but yeah and I feel bad about you it. You lived because, in a middle class world, but you had a drove a Cadillac. Had a Cadillac, and and my dad worked hard for it, and it was a, actually well. That's a important. Thing. You got to show your dad yeah. working hard. You can't just talk about it like in the movie. Well, my dad worked really hard for that Cadillac. No, 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 because then it would be. I, a we want to see yeah. your dad grinding away at teeth, right? Right, Someone's earning that Cadillac too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, I think we all should ultimately, Tommy, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Ultimately, every man, woman and child on the face of the earth should have an eight episode uh, biopic about them. And that would bring the world together. You know, you try peace talks and all that. Just if everyone had a core movie, yeah. or, movie yeah, or even right. a piece of conversation, if everyone no. did, we'd all be part of that same and we could all oh, we could enjoy each other. We'd, we'd understand each other better. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'd yeah. understand each other so well. Uh, 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 if, and anybody who says, I, I, hey, what did you just do that for? Why did you just pinch me? Well, watch my biopic. Yeah. Did you see I my biopic? And you'll see you'll get the whole story. And now I said, and for dating, it'd be so much easier. It's like uh, yeah. uh, you wouldn't have to have dating sites. You just check out the biopic and go, oh, I really. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's, great. that's the you can't. How can you know somebody without first seeing their bio? Oh, yeah. And again, it could be a two hour film. If I think people should have that choice with all the well, biopic as opposed to a bio series. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, there again, I mean, some people's lives don't merit eight episodes. No, Yours no, does. Two hours they, is fine. Yeah, Yours yeah. probably two series because of the, you know, Scott Blakeman, the, the, uh, you know, the world's greatest pedestrian, you know, yeah, that's, that's another, no. you know, I mean, how did, I mean, and that you, I think you do start out with the Cadillac scene because that's, you're getting out, that's your first act as a pedestrian. Yeah. You know, so amazing? maybe you save that scene for the great pedestrian series yeah. where, I, where, you know, what, what, why he walks, he walks walk the rest of the block. way to school. That is a perfect opening for for that. That would be. And actually, that is incredible. One is about standing and walking, and then my audience member is about sitting. Yes. So it really is that it it covers the range of human behavior, really. Yeah. And movement and uh, and lack of it. Uh, So, but again, I got (laughs) harking back to what you posited that we we are against these live flights. I mean, yes, on a business class flight to Singapore, certainly. But not in a theater where no. you, when you lie flat next to a stranger, oh, because of intimate seats. encounter that you haven't even had. No, no. And then this is something that you, as the great audience member, can proclaim. I, I mean, I, I do, I, I do really, you know, it, it, I, I wanted to point out something. It's funny, and I, I, I meant to say this before, just to show, you know, what what does a great audience member do? Who is it? How? What makes? a great audience member, great versus a, just a really good audience member, Scotty. And yep. you showed it without even trying. It was effortless because I was, uh, we were talking about Laura Dern and her uh, uh, hi- hyper flattering pseudo questions, but you hastened to interrupt. And you, you could have gone for the joke. You could have gone for the big laugh, but you didn't. You, you went for saying, uh, Laura Dern, of course, is a, is a marvelous actress. You didn't. Yes, it, that it, is my you, you had to say that. Now I wouldn't have yeah. said that. I'm not the world's greatest audience member. I well, would have just gone on. Again, it it, it, you know, it's. I would have gone for the big laugh or what? Sure. You know, the cheap laugh. But well, you, no, not not cheap at all. But in fact, afterwards we did uh, garner many laughs among ourselves with and talking about you know certain things that one particular actress. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. About. Let's make this clear. Just because the world's greatest audience member uh, garners enormous laughter. 
There's oh, nobody yeah. who laughs more than the world's greatest artist. Oh, yes. And we, we mock and laugh about things, but it's the time and place, Tommy, time and place. And as the audience member, I feel protective of all. Uh, That's all right. Even I've... even in on the podcast, you 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 must be said that Laura Dern is a marvelous actress, even though we you know, we may know that already. But it must be said if you're the, the world's greatest audience member. And again, it's not about do I look any different when I walk in? I'm not wearing no. a cape or no, some, you know, <laughs> outfit. A, oh, stand back. You know, do, do, do a bugle and I walk in. No, as you know, Tommy. Yeah. I was on. I was on a long line. Uh, I mean, there was no. By the way, because I know people. Oh, you get a special treatment, right? No, no, no. No. It was a long line in cold weather, and I dutifully got there fifty minutes in advance. Uh, and you arrived a couple uh, on time, five minutes later. And uh, I was not at the front of the line. I was way back, and I didn't go. Excuse me. Do you know who I am? Uh, no. Stood there. So that's a part of. Sometimes greatness is about not being uh, acknowledged for it because yeah. uh, you know it's an inner thing. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, I think that's probably what makes you a great audience member. It's not like it's you, you don't uh, 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 it, you're not entitled. You don't you don't no. act like, oh, out of my way. I'm the star. No. When you're the great audience member, the, the stars are on the stage. Exactly. You are a, an acolyte. One of the I think that acolyte that I mean, how many people can put that on their resume and make it real? True. Yeah. Anybody could put it on there, but yeah. it really apply. And we, we took seats towards the back and I always give you the aisle seats. And oh, Scotty, uh, uh, that, 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 because I, I once broke my knee and, and, um, so to this day, I don't really like to be scrunched up in Broadway or any kind of theater seating no. unless I can sit on the, and by the way, at one point, Scotty, I didn't tell you about this and you oh. can't make this stuff up. And, uh, uh, but Scotty, um, uh, I, I did stick my leg out to because I I, I uh, into the aisle because I need to stretch it out every so often otherwise yeah. it's painful. And right away the, the the a woman comes rushing down the aisle. Uh, stick your leg back in, stick your leg back in. I, I'd never had that happen wow. to me before. Uh, Scotty, I, I, yep. I didn't make a big fuss. I'm not the world's greatest audience member, but I, I'm one of the better audience members. Oh yeah, I no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, 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 but I, so I, I, I said okay. I stuck my leg back back in. And the reason being, uh, uh, the the um, uh, uh, the actor and the directors, well, Bradley Cooper was both actor and director, were going to come parading by shortly. Yeah. And how embarrassing would it be if oh. I were to trip Carrie Mulligan, oh. who was nervous already? She said, "Oh, she would never have gotten over." What could have happened, Tommy? Easily, you could have tripped everyone, and it would have been a domino <laughs> effect. And the entire cast and director, actor Bradley Cooper would just roll down the <laughs> aisle. Now, would it be would it be if no one was injured? Hilarious and very dramatic, and uh, of course. But it, undoubtedly, some people might sprain an ankle. So, and then you would be the focus of the queue. I, I don't know how would they recover. Yeah, no, no. It, it, like Laura Dern would have to say, "You're you're such a marvelous actor. How? What are you?" How horrified were you when that man tripped you and caused you to roll all the way to the to the end? Yeah, those would be the kind of question would have completely changed the Q&A for sure. And you, you as the world's greatest oh. audience member would have been mortified. Well, and, 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 and like how, who would, how would, did the world's greatest audience member bring that guy in who tripped the whole... <laughs> Well, you know, again, it, it, my reputation might take a, a hit there. But again, uh, uh, you know, I would no. But and as we close, I would stand up and everybody would, would be turned to me. And I'm again, yes. I don't mean to be the focus, 
And I would, they expect me to say, yeah, I'm sorry. I say, no, <laughs> this is my friend. And he didn't mean it. Why well, he broke his knee years ago in a bicycling accident. He needed to. He didn't do it purposely. Can't, where is our humanity? Again, going back to my speech. Yeah. People left after the Q&A. So into I the would turn around accident. that way. Yeah. You would be exalted and they'd come yes. to you. And, and I think or at least forgiven. At least forgiven. forgiven. And you would be placed on the stage with me. And the Q&A would just be us and, and <laughs> no questions about the film. And and yet it would be even more better promotion for the film. So so to end on such a happy, hopeful yeah. note is what we, we yeah. do, Tommy. And uh, really did. Yeah. And we're a little bit over time. So I'm just going to say I'm always going to be Tom Saunders. And I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. And we're getting through this.